Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie, Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Leonard. And this is Minute 6 of Fright Night. It begins with a kissing proposition and ends with a disappointed girlfriend. And really, that sums up my life. Uh, (laughs) Does your wife know about uh, your disappointed girlfriend? Oh. But she caught me on the counter. All right, so <laughs> we start off with Amy kissing Charlie really hard to show that it's time. She's DTF. She's DTF, <laughs> as the kids say. And uh, yeah, I love the look on uh, Charlie's face. I love how he's just completely taken by surprise. It's obvious that he's been trying for uh, quite some time. Yeah, I've been listening to some of the novelization, and it really goes into his teenage brain. And it is kind of, uh, he's really focused on getting under that shirt, you know, getting (laughs) getting that bra out. Yeah, this is really a a big moment for the movie because this is the last time that Charlie is just a normal teenage boy, only concerned about, you know, hey, maybe passing math class, but also definitely getting in his girlfriend's pants. Then when he spots something outside the window, that's when it all changes, yeah. These first few minutes really do a nice job of character development and just setting the pace. It goes really, It goes by really, really fast, but you immediately get the idea of who these people are. It's true, yeah. And yeah, like I said, I've been listening to a little bit of the novelization just for these first few minutes of this, just to hear what's in their minds and you know it's funny how you know these guys they just kind of get a script might not even be the final script and then they start writing the novelization from there but they can't just like write the couple of lines that are scripted out they have to like flesh it out put all sorts of thoughts in their head so i like how it strips all that nonsense out in the movie it's it's much better not that the novelization actually came first but but I i like that it's not like the novelization we don't need to spend too much time on charlie trying to get into her pants <laughs> but uh yeah it, i love the the wide open eyes and it's just like oh my god this is finally happening you know and they're they're kissing she's she's kissing him so hard and they kind of spin around and it's right when he catches a glance at something outside the window that's when it all changes <laughs> He sees two men carrying a coffin outside. Jerry Dandridge is just one-handing the thing while the other guy is struggling. It's great. I noticed that too. He's got the other guy, Billy, right? We'll we'll find out. He's got two hands around it. He's holding it, and and it does seem like really heavy. And then there's just Jerry ambling along. I mean, he's got one hand in his pocket, and the other one is carrying a coffin. Um, But (laughs) I I happen to look up a history of coffins. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Just I was just wondering for... what kind of did you did you find out what kind of coffin this was? It's like a weird like it's got like three levels on the lid. No, I didn't. I couldn't find that. It's, it's pretty huge. ornate. Pretty yeah, it's huge. No, I. It's, I'm so dumb. I'm like the history of coffins. I, I googled it and uh, yeah, they originated in Egypt. And I was like, of course, you know, oh, of yeah, course. 
Yeah, I just didn't. I, just to make the connection. So casket manufacturing was developed in the late 19th century. From 1861 to 1865, the Civil War broke out, and there was a need for so many coffins to bury soldiers. They started to mass produce them. It was responsible for creating the casket industry. That's still, you know, mm-hmm. still a thing. I guess I think about the old West where there's like one guy, you know, <laughs> there's one shop on the strip where you see he's making coffins. Oh, yeah, when, yeah. That creepy uh, guy you always see, see in Westerns. He's always watching yeah. for the, the lone uh, desperado coming into town like, yep. <laughs> uh, and then I, I also looked up why do vampires why is that part of the lore? Why did why do they sleep in coffins? Yeah. And it says there's really no rhyme or reason, but I found a little bit of what inspired the legend. Whenever the legend started a long, long time ago, I don't, there's no fucking date. Uh, <laughs> medical care wasn't so great, and it wasn't uncommon for people to be buried alive. Oh. Uh, so that sort of, you know, the scratching at, at the coffin top, somehow mm-hmm. it melded with the with the myth of the vampire oh that's interesting i do have a little bit of trivia later on to share that is kind of related to that but um cool. that's interesting so anyways amy takes her shirt off uh, back to <laughs> yeah yeah back to the movie eight thousand and eight and what does 8,008 look like on a calculator? So she reveals a white lacy bra. She looks a little scared, but she also looks kind of determined, you know. I just want to mention that Amanda Bears was 27 when she filmed this. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, William Ragsdale was 24. Hmm. But it's so weird. She is such a, like a small person. She really pulls off looking like a teenager. It doesn't help. Her hair is done up in like scrunchies and she's got the overall look and all that stuff. And when she pulls off her shirt, I'm not like, huh. you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not like titillated. I'm more like, like, oh, I shouldn't be watching this, you know. Innocence is about to be lost. You really yeah. get that. She's very vulnerable and it is kind of like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to watch this. And it's interesting. They do a little bit of back and forth between focusing on her, kind of staring ahead, and then focusing on Charlie, you know, looking out the window, squinting, picking up the binoculars, looking out the binoculars. So there is, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a continuity error. No, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, So the camera is close up on Charlie. He's looking through the binoculars with Amy unbuttoning her shirt in the background. Then we see a closer look as if we're looking through the binoculars at the coffin. And then we go back to watching Charlie and his binoculars. But then we see Amy in the background covering herself up with the shirt. And then in the next shot, there's Amy with just the bra covering herself up with the shirt. (laughs) So it's a little bit off. (laughs) I was too focused on the binoculars trying to see what they were. I tried looking up some binocular facts because this is a minutia by minutia podcast. And uh, I I couldn't find it. It, it, they're, They're Bushnells. Um, they seem to be like kind of army grade or at least, you know, made up to look army grade. But, I don't, you know, other than that. Do you think Charlie's a pervert because he's got him right near the window? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's in a, like a cul-de-sac and the way his house is sat on the street, you know, you could definitely see that if he's sitting there by the window, he could probably catch his eye, not just looking straight at the building. But if he like kind of turned to the left, I'm sure he could see the street, you know, maybe even farther, right? Uh, to the- below yeah yeah so yeah it's funny how then thinking about amy who is now like charlie i'm ready she still is not paying any attention to what charlie's doing she's looking straight ahead she's looking down at herself she's not looking at what charlie's doing at all and again in the novelization they totally blow this up and just they're like oh she's 
staring at him, then she's staring at herself, and she's staring at him. What's going on with him in the movie? Not at all. Not at all. Right. She's in her own world. She's about to give up her virginity, which I'm assuming, right? So Charlie pays no attention. He tells Amy there's two guys in the backyard carrying a coffin, and that's when Amy catches the men on the coffin on the TV. Says, sure, they're on the moors, right? <laughs> so, yeah, the moors. Uh, uh, I heard that word, and I'm like, okay, so what is that? What do I think of when I think of the moors? I think of American Werewolf in London. Yes. The Hounds of Baskerville. Just like a, a, a grim, moody place, <laughs> a boggy, grassy. Yeah. I, mean, I, lo- I looked up like the definition and, you know, it's just like open land, grassy, but just like infertile. There are plenty of moors all over the world, but the most famous is the uh, North York Moors in North Yorkshire in England. And that is where that uh, American werewolf in London took place. And funny fact, my mother was born in Northern Yorkshire. <laughs> Is that where she's from? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just a few minutes ago, we were talking about my full moon fever. (laughs) This might all be related. (laughs) (laughs) But I I looked up to see what movie she was watching on the TV because there are certain scenes in this movie where I definitely see Christopher Lee on the screen. So it's not always like a a B movie starring Peter Vincent that they've, you know, filmed. It's interesting because we are, again, I think before Peter was saying that he likes this movie because he's in it. And he starts laughing about it, right? This movie is actually a real movie. It is from 1962. It's called Premature Burial. And it's all about a guy that's terrified of being buried alive. And so, of course, by the end of the movie, something happens where he falls into a catatonic state. He's stuck inside his own head and he's being brought alive in a coffin to be buried. And throughout that scene, while they're carrying the coffin, he is screaming in his own mind, like, you know, let me out of here. I'm here. I'm alive. You know, Johnny, get your gun. (laughs) Yeah. But it's funny because Fright Night takes this video and then they put some audio over it that is not from the movie. I actually watched that scene like on Mm. YouTube or something. And it's somebody saying, we have pledged ourselves to evil. And I I could swear it's Roddy McDowell uh, playing Peter Vincent as (laughs) if he's in that scene, you know. Right. So they took an actual movie and then made it look like it's a Peter Vincent movie. Um, So he says that he's serious about somebody being outside and she says she is too, of course, about making love. And then she asks him if he wants to make love or not, which is when this minute ends. Thanks for listening, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Min. Send your feedback to Fright Night Minute at gmail.com. And please give us a little rating, review, subscribe to us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back tomorrow for another Fright Night Minute. He's a vampire. A what? <laughs> <laughs> You're so cool.